You're listening to the Library Pros Podcast with Chris and Bob, a techie librarian and a computer IT guy discussing libraries, technology, and all things this side of the reference desk. Thanks, Carl. Hi, and welcome to Episode 68 of the Library Pros Podcast. I'm Chris, and Bob is trapped somewhere in the town of Brookhaven. Uh, Maybe he's trying to get a permit or something, and they decided to keep him. Uh, So today we're joining you from the the booth at the Sachem Public Library in Holbrook, New York. The Library Pros Podcast is a bi-monthly podcast, so please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And please check us out on Twitter at the Library Pros and on Facebook at facebook.com slash librarypros. Consider leaving a review or tell a friend or colleague because word of mouth is the best way for our podcast listenership to grow. So today joining us is Rocco Cassano, who's the assistant director at the East Meadow Public Library, and Joe Perito, the IT guy. That's your title, right? No, we're actually, I'm going to cut in, Chris, and uh, sure. this is Rock. Uh, we, uh, we here at the library, the staff here, we've changed his title to IT God. That's, you know. IT God. Yeah, yeah, IT God. Yeah, oh. we, we, we like to swell the head of our IT person. Cue the church music. Holy cow. <laughs> Joe, are you going to be able to fit underneath the doorway now? <laughs> so we're going to talk... Uh, to our guests about some cool stuff going on at the East Meadow Public Library, which is currently under renovation, which I'm sure you're so happy about. Oh, my God. Uh, we're look- I keep telling myself, you know, just uh, think about the end result. Think about the end result. What's going to happen at the end? Well, what, what, you know, just keep remind myself that, that, that one thing. Yeah, I keep saying it's for the kids, Chris. <laughs> it's for the kids. Oh, that's great. Okay, so... Tell us about the East Meadow Public Library. How many residents does it serve, and you know what's some of the the original services that you guys offer? All right. Um, well, first of all, East Meadow Public Library is designated uh, co-central library by the state. Um, we are one of we're a hamlet of Nassau County, uh, and one of the larger school districts uh, in the county. So we serve 53,000 residents total. Um, it, um, what else do I want to say about East Meadow? Um, no, that, that's, that, in a nutshell, it's pretty big. Oh, uh, Levittown is the central library for Nassau County, so we're, co, we're co-central with Levittown. Okay. Uh, now, in terms of original, define original for me, Chris. Uh, like cool like some, stuff. Or yeah, well, so, well stuff. some of your original, like like basic services. You guys obviously loan books and and DVDs and all that other stuff. Because we're going to talk about the nerd stuff in a few. But you guys do all the regular library stuff. And is is there anything else that you do that's kind of regular library related? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, as a result of our renovation, we're doing a lot more in the way of outreach. Um, we're having uh, library staff. Uh, we're we're programming offsite, so we're doing programming offsite, and we're also sending staff to our local, um, uh, like senior housing uh, units. Uh, we have quite a few in East Meadow, given our size. So outreach is a big thing now, um, and of course we have some outstanding. Uh, programming through through our public relations department uh some of the things i'll rattle off are uh, we we we've stopped doing it because of renovation but we had a, a regular ongoing cabaret night 
we have uh, a long-standing foreign films program. We have a comic book convention every year now called EMCon that's very popular. Um, uh, one of our longest-running recurring programs called Laughs. very popular current events discussion uh, hosted by a Hofstra pr professor, Professor DiNincenzo Labresco, and um, the tech stuff we'll get to. But uh, there is one other interesting program we do. It's a pop culture radio podcast called entitled It Came From The Radio, uh, where we have a live studio audience and... Um, uh, the podcast eventually actually gets uh, broadcasted out on. Oh, I lost you there for a sec. You guys there? Hello? Joe, Rocco, can you hear me? Did we lose you? Okay, so tell us about the East Meadow Public Library. How many residents does it serve? Oh, wait, we already did that, right? Well, okay. I don't know if it got cut off there. But. All right, yeah, so we'll just go. Tell us about the East Meadow Public Library. How many residents does it serve? And what are some of the original services that you guys offer? All right, well, first of all, East Meadow Public Library is a school district library in Nassau County serving approximately 53,000 people. Uh, East Meadow... Not that it's, uh, you know, pertinent to the discussion, but it's a hamlet of Nassau County. So we're not a city. We're not a, uh, a county library. We're just a school district library in New York State. And uh, we're designated co-central uh, by the state uh, itself, the state library. And uh, Levittown is the central library for Nassau County. Um, so that's that's about it in term, in a nutshell. Um, in terms of original uh, services, we do some pretty pretty uh, neat uh, programming at the library. We have a great public relations department that handles that. Uh, some of the things that stand out, uh, we've since uh, hit the pause button on it, but uh, we used to do a cabaret night on Friday night that was very popular. Um, you know, and it's, it, it, this is besides the usual, you know, notary services, the, you know, library stuff. This is stuff that kind of, to me, stands out a bit. So besides cabaret, we have an ongoing uh, foreign films program. We do uh, this great uh, comic book convention style program that uh, runs over a, a weekend, usually in May. We call it EMCon. That's very popular. We have something unique, I think, to some libraries. We have uh, an ongoing program where we have a comedian come in. We call it Laughs at the Library. Uh, he does have an open mic, uh, uh, sort of open mic night uh, once in a while, which is cool. Um, very popular current events discussions uh, hosted by a Hofstra professor. Uh, and um, last but not least, I'll mention something that uh, our graphic artist uh, 
uh, handles. It's called uh, It Came From The Radio. It's a, a podcast having to do with pop pop culture. Um, uh, and it has a live studio audience. It's pretty cool. They then broadcast. My understanding is they go and they broadcast that podcast over uh, the airwaves somewhere in Levittown. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it... it, it one thing I should mention, which is tech-related, that uh, Joe and I are involved in, uh, we have a one-on-one technology help program. Uh, it's drop-in tech help, so you don't need an appointment. We, uh, we stole the name from uh, the American Library Association. We call it Get Your Geek On. I, I came up with the program a few years ago. Um, obviously it was targeted at seniors, but we will help anybody that comes along. Um, it's been very well received. Uh, Joe, uh, he, he's, uh, he's sitting there, uh, um, he's there all the time. And then we have librarians and other staff, uh, also sit with him, uh, twice a week and on Sundays when we're open. You know, just out of curiosity, where do they record the podcast? Do they record it in the library? No, actually, um, the, right now, I think uh, because we're under renovation, uh, we're not using the library. Um, right now, we're using a space over at Hofstra University. They've been kind enough to lend us some space. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, right now, that's where we're having that program. That's amazing. That's really great that you have a partnership with them. It is. It's very cool. So, Rocco, we've spoken many times, and one thing that I've always found fascinating is that you have such you've had such a long career in this field. Uh, so, tell us about when you started and some of the interesting transformations you've seen through the years being in library land. All right. So, I've been working for East Meadow Public Library for thirty-two years. Um, I started in 1987. I think I was entering the second grade. No, no. I, <laughs> I, was, I, I was 16 years old, uh, just about, well, 15, just about to turn 16. So now you know how old I am. I'm 48. Um, so I've, I've seen a huge transformation in library land. Um, and of course, I had all along, I've had an interest in technology um, I went to college while I was working for the library. I graduated from NYIT with a degree in management of information systems. Again, an IT-related uh, degree. I decided to go on to library school, Queens College. I uh, got my MLS from there. Um, it's it's and worked my way up the ladder. Became a, did, did the libraries. IT uh, for a very long time uh, until I became an administrator, and then we created a, an IT position in the library, which is um, how Joe came into the picture. Um, uh, so I I've seen the in, the transformation from from you know the old school. Uh, uh, Old school librarians. I, I worked with one of the finest librarians that ever lived, in my opinion, Irving Edelman. 
He was our head reference librarian from day one. Um, I got, I had that exposure as well as seeing uh, the library go from, you know, the, the paper and, and, you know, the old school to the new school. Uh, so you, so you, were the, you, started, you started when they had card catalogs then, huh? Exactly, yeah. I, when I started, uh, I started in the audiovisual department as a page. Uh, we had an Apple 2, uh, 2E uh, doing, I think it was used for, um, uh, I can't remember the, the software that was used on it, but it was something along the lines of an Excel. It was a spreadsheet program. Um, and, uh, so I started, uh, back when we had, um, vinyl, uh, in our music collection and the cassette, the gradually cassette tapes that we had laser discs. They were about, uh, laser discs were, were going out, uh, you know, VHS was coming in, um, when I started, um, in library land. So uh, it's been it's been a long road, but uh, fascinating to be a part of it because I saw saw so much change, which you know I I'm not afraid of. Uh, it it can be challenging at times, but um, it really was was uh, quite quite a ride. Well, I can imagine. I mean, going from the the paper card catalog going and and digitizing all that information and then did you guys use Gaylord back in the day was it the Gaylord system uh data research associates okay uh, uh before that i'm not i'm not sure if the dra was the, our first foray into into that um I, my memory doesn't serve me what what came before but i do remember data research associates um, well, it was the Wild West back then. There were so many different companies trying to do the same thing, and not—I don't think any know, of them were super good at what they did. Yeah, I know. In the late, I'm thinking late '70s, maybe early '80s, we actually were fe not featured, but mentioned in an article, and in, in, uh, I think it was Computer World magazine. So it had to be the '80s. Uh, we were one of the first libraries to implement uh, a Desicom system. Uh, it's just uh, you, if you see some of the old library cards from back in that in that uh, time period, it has like uh, hole punches, but they're rectangular mm -hmm. punches. Uh, so we we used. I wasn't around for the Desicom system, but it, that sort of thing fascinates me. Um, just, just the history of uh, technology and libraries. It's very it's very cool, and to, and to see that some to speak to somebody who's gone back that far. Um, it really is interesting. I'm sure we could talk for hours about the different things you've seen. Yeah, I was I was thinking of bringing up, uh, you know, I, I was involved in getting the first Internet connection in the library, uh, dial-up, obviously. Uh, I then moved us to an ISDN line. I mean, I've, I've, I've witnessed that sort of transformation from, uh, you know, well, actually, dumb terminals came first, then dial-up, and then... ISDN, and then ultimately what we know today as, you know, the, the Internet, I guess. Yeah, that, that, it's some transformation. It, it um, Just thinking in terms of dial-up, it's so funny. Every once in a while, it's very rare now, but every once in a while we get some 
gentleman or, or an older lady in with their old laptop, and you're talking like a Windows XP computer with a phone jack in the side, and they're saying, where do I plug in to get on the internet? <laughs> it's like, no, I think you missed the boat, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, it happens every once in a while. Not as much as you used to, though. No, that, that laptop or that computer needs to be retired. Yeah, you're not kidding. It's amazing it's even still running. So, Joe, tell us about how you came to Library Land and uh, what you've seen on the tech end and what's changed over the years for you. Well, Chris, it all started with the Commodore 64. All right. That's what I'm talking about. Right. Um, I persuaded my mom and dad to get me one uh, at Crazy Eddie's, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. He's insane. And, right. Oh, absolutely. And I <laughs> used that. For homework, yeah, right. I played Donkey Kong Country. I put Donkey Kong on it. Nice. Um, no, but I, I mean, you know, ever since that, I think I was like eight or nine years old. So, like, ever since that time, you know, I've had an inkling for, like, you know, computers and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, various, like, just various, like, things. And, you know, with school, I was always trying to, you know, use, like, computers if I could. There wasn't really that many, um, you know, back then. Um, but, uh you know, I learned a lot in high school. We, you know, we, we, we took a class that was uh, instrumentation uh, and automation. We, like, programmed robots back in the day. And, um, you know, we made holograms, all kinds of wild stuff. I mean, you know, speaking of technology. But um, I, I actually worked um, for the West Hempstead um, High School, the school system. Mm -hmm. um, I did the IT there for about six years. Um, and this was, this was a while back, you know, so, I mean, like when, you know, it's funny because like when I hear all, all the library stuff that Rocco has gone transformed through, um, you know, over the years, we've, we've basically, I've seen a lot of that same stuff with the school, um, you know, um, you know, auto callers and like, uh, you know, ISDN lines and, and, you know, just old, older technology that was then, you know, brought up to speed. Um, slowly, like, you know, but the guy that I worked with there at the school, I was lucky because um, I learned a lot. Uh, I had a good I had a good background in, um, you know, computer repair. I worked on, you know, n numerous like, you know, tech benches, um, you know, retail, stuff like that. Um, and of course, you know, we all fix, you know, people's computers that we know for free. Yeah. Free yeah. tech help. Free you tech know. help. Gotta love it. Right. Yeah. It's fun but, at the um, holidays. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They invite you over, and you know, for a good meal, you know, you'll fix the computer for them. You know, and yeah, just fix it first before you. Eat. Yeah, yeah. But um, so you know, so like, so then you know, when I got to the when I got to the school, um, the guy I worked with there, Vince Fleck, I, I you know, he's one of my good friends now today. Would you call um, him a mentor? Right? Yeah, yeah. I would definitely say he's 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 a mentor. More so uh, for the networking stuff, because what he what he was doing there at the school at that time um, was really unprecedented. He this was, was over a decade ago. Yeah, over a decade ago. I mean, you know, he had he had fiber run from building to building. There were six buildings. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, his I mean, the Internet connection was just crazy. It was it was, you know, the network was set up, you know, very, very well. Uh, you know, IP phones back in the day, IP cameras. Wow. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the very very first, um, you know, technology stuff, layer three switching. You know that that uh, that people use today, um, VLANs and stuff like that. 
uh, load balancing, you know, also. So, like, you can take multiple broadband connections and the actual um, – what would happen is uh, – if, if, it, if one started getting flooded, it would automatically balance them out over, like, your second, you know, internet connection. Uh, it, was, it was very, very cool stuff. Um, so you, you came to East Meadow. You were, you were well-trained. So I was, I was very lucky to get, get Joe. I actually interviewed him. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. He, and, you know, from... You're going you're gonna to mention Oh, yeah. You know I'm going to mention I asked it. You. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I was going to say, you interviewed him, and, and you still gave him the job. Yeah. <laughs> no, but then, you know, but then from the school, yes, I, I uh, you know, I came, to, I came to the library here. And, um, you know, I had to hold myself back because from what I've seen at the school, you know, believe it or not, our, you know, on the Nassau side, you know, we, we weren't doing a lot of the stuff that, you know, Vince was doing way back in the day, you know, mm-hmm. and that was startling to me because, I mean, you know, I, I it would frustrate me, you know, and, and I would let Rocco, you know, know, um, you know, based on, you know, what I've seen, like I said, in the past. But, you, you know, we, like we don't have a lot of control, you know, that's that's the whole thing. I mean, so um, you have to kind of take what they give you. But, yeah, Rocco interviewed me and asked me um, how I would diagnose or troubleshoot. Uh, a computer that's not, you know, showing video. And he was waiting for, take the cable out of the back of the computer and blow on it. <laughs> and right. I was like, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't give him that answer. So, you yeah. know. At the time, take the VGA cable and blow on the end and plug it back in. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, it's a little inside joke. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it, just as far as like, I think I went over some of the stuff that's changed. I mean, um, I've seen, you know, definitely internet speeds, you know, form factors with computers, um, you know, more power, less size, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, just, uh, oh, the cloud, the cloud has been a huge, huge transformation. Um, you know, from what I, from what I've seen in the past, um, you know, and, and, I mean, it's all, it's all good. Like, you know, you, it's like technology. You love it. You love it and you hate it, you know, at the same time. But uh, it's definitely, and you know, and, and it keeps, it, we keep going, we keep going forward, you know, like uh, smaller, more powerful, uh, better battery life. You know, it's just, it, it's not going to stop. Well, that's for sure. So um, we don't usually touch on this on the podcast, but Rocco, I know you're you're involved in a lot of professional organizations outside of your position there at the East Meadow Public Library. Can you explain why it's so important to be involved in the professional groups and outside organizations at work? Oh, yeah. I mean, besides the networking component, where you know you uh, you connect with people in the profession outside of your little. Um, you know, world in, in Nassau or Suffolk, um, it's, that's, that's one big reason for the networking component, you know, uh, making connections. Uh, the other thing is, you know, uh, there's a, there's a reference newsletter that, uh, librarians, some libraries still get, um, and they have a, a moniker, I think, how we do it good or something along those lines. It's a, it's a great way to find out how other libraries do things or, you know. Um, but 
you're, you're taking, talking about professional, uh, like, give me an example. Like, uh, like Lil Rick or um, yeah. like NCLA or, or like the tech oh, group and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's important to, to be part of it, in my opinion, to advance, uh, you know, the profession and to, to improve your, just your, to expand your mind and, and to be a better uh, library um, advocate or, employee uh, plain and simple well i know that when we do the the joint national civic uh technology meeting it was something that that james over in port washington and i had really started getting the ball rolling with a couple of years ago and it's just open doors um uh it, it's so nice to know that i can now reach out to you rocco out out in nassau county and reach out to james and reached out reach out to you know levittown or maybe hewitt woodmere um, and just be able to say, what are you guys doing? Because, you know, when, when you sit inside, like you were saying, your own little, like, bubble kind of thing, either in your building or within your town or within your, your county, you know, it's nice to get that different perspective. And, and there's no reason why we as library professionals shouldn't be sharing the information that we have because we're all doing the same thing. Absolutely. I mean, and, you know, we, we have a, si- a, a decent-sized budget given our you know, the size of our service population, but, uh, you know, some, some libraries that have barely have two, you know, two nickels to rub together, uh, they are doing things with less money and they're finding ways to, I guess, innovate or because of that, they have very little to work with. They're, they're, they're figuring it out and, and, you know, sometimes those of us that can afford to pay someone else to do it, we, we don't think about it. Uh, and if we're all willing to share, it just it'll benefit all of us uh, in the end. Oh, it'll absolutely. benefit our patrons, obviously, the people we serve. Right, and ultimately that's that's the goal is to, to serve the people right. who come into your building. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I know you're involved with Rick and, and some of the other organizations, and it's really um, – it's nice to, to go out to an event and see some friendly faces. And, and between us having the tech meeting and, and getting together there and, and now getting together with some of the other organizations, it, it's look, it's also nice to get away from the kids. You know yeah, what I mean? To get away from your own family sometimes. Um, but it, it's yeah. also nice to have that professional, you know, that professional relationship where you can talk to each other and compare notes. And, like, you're doing a building expansion now. Maybe you want to talk to somebody in Suffolk that's done a similar thing and maybe – you're having an issue maybe with running network cable in, because of a certain situation or maybe you don't have a wi- – the Wi-Fi isn't penetrating somewhere or, or you know, some, some simple question. And sometimes just putting the question out there can yield more answers than you can ever imagine. Sometimes they're good answers. Sometimes eh, not so much. Yeah, and you, you mentioned Lil Rick and Long Island Library Resources Council. Uh, it's a 3R um, in New York State. Um, you'll have to look that up if you're a librarian and don't know what, what a 3R is. But um, they are starting a listserv of Long Island librarians. I mean, it's – I agree. The the, the joint uh, list that we put together – well, the, 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 the work that you and James did to bring the two counties together, the, the techni- technology people – it's 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 such a simple thing with the internet to pull off, but you know, it's easier. Results, it's it's easier to do that than it is to change mindsets. 
Exactly, exactly. It, it, it's important. And, and, and being involved in, in organizations that make that happen, I think, is important. You should, uh, uh, like, I chose this as my profession. I've been doing it for 32 years, and I, it's, it's very important to get involved, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so why don't we take a short break, and when we return, we're going to talk about not only some of the cool things that East Meadow has been doing, with their tech, but also some IT challenges regarding the renovation of the library. So we'll be right back. Okay, we're back with Rocco Cassano and Joe Perito from the East Meadow Public Library. And if, if you're listening from outside New York or outside off Long Island, um, Nassau County is just east of Queens, if, familiar, if you're familiar where New York City is, uh, and Suffolk County is just east of Nassau County. So um, we, we, uh, we're out here on Long Island in case um, we have some new listeners who, who aren't necessarily familiar with um, Nassau and Suffolk County. So East Meadow has been working on a building renovation which has been a long time in the making from what I understand. Uh, what advice do you both have for a library that is about to undertake such a big project um, and when it comes to the, the IT infrastructure? Don't, don't run away screaming, Joe. I heard, I heard some footsteps. Uh, well, I know. It's, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's nuts. I, I, I think I'll start. I'll start. Um, well, first of all, our renovation uh, is a bit more complex than I'd like it to be because we we started out we actually started the discussion in 2015 and it took us uh, that long to actually put a shovel in the ground we started in July of 2019 with uh, quote-unquote construction um, unfortunately we, we started out with the hopes of finding a commercial space to move the library to while the library building underwent this major transformation. Um, we spent nearly a year looking, by we I mean the library administration and board, um, and uh, the inventory in this part of Nassau in the center part of the county is, is low, there's a high demand for commercial space. Uh, and therefore, as a result, we were unable to find a landlord that would short-term lease. Uh, we were looking for ideally about 15,000 square feet, and we found nothing. So at the 11th hour, the board decides, okay, we're going to phase this thing. So what that means is we're going to live in the library while the jackhammers and cranes and whatnot are on the other side of the wall. Uh, it's not an ideal situation, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, so that made it more challenging for Joe and I because we had to we have to move. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record because my staff here have you know have uh, you know they've heard me complain, and um, uh, I need to be more positive as the as the assistant director, but I've had to move some staff. I'll have to move some staff five times. Now, moving their tables, their desks and chairs, not such a big challenge, but when 
you have to bring the internet with you and uh, you phone. Know, telephone and make sure you have access to the ILS from wherever you are. and Even little things as power. <laughs> yeah, electrical. Right, electric. And, you know. Minor yeah, things like that, yeah. Great on this, this, this desk will go great on this wall, but uh, there's no electricity. Uh, the Wi-Fi signal doesn't work. Anyway. Yeah. So... To, to make a long story longer, no. What, what, what we're trying to impart to you is, do we have any uh, oh, so yeah, so any yeah. advice having to do with technology infrastructure? Uh, I mean, thank God we're in the Come 21st on. century and there's Wi-Fi. Yes, Wi-Fi is um, huge. Portable batteries. I, um, IP phones, which we'll talk about. I'm, uh, right, IP bit. phones. Um, I think one of the big things, too, like if, if, if someone was going to do, you know, a library was going to do renovation, like it's it's simple. But what we said before, like, you know, you have to make sure that you have, like, where there's going to be drops, you know, for, for uh, cables, there should be power there, you know. And that that's huge. Like, there's I've, I've seen, you know, some mistakes where, they forget, you know, they forget to put those things together, you know. Um, and and I, if you're involved in the in the design phases of the of the project like I was, I kept drilling it into my, uh, you know, the stakeholders, the the board, the, my boss, the director and, and, and the architect. You know, people come in with their own gadgets now. You know, you can't put a table in a, you know, in a reading room without giving them access to uh, uh, Wi-Fi is a no-brainer. I mean, right. that, that's, you know, I don't need to remind them about that. But, you know, you can't put a table without electricity, you know. And if you're if you're on a slab and you don't have a basement, that isn't so cheap or easy to do. Now, since we're renovating, you know, I... Uh, that you you have to you have to make sure that if you're in the discussions early on that and you've been in the business like I have and you see the trends and you see what's happening, you open your mouth and you know in in the kindest way that you can, uh, you know keep reminding them. And if you sound like a broken record, so what? You want you want in the end you want you want the space to be uh, flexible, uh, but at the same time do do what you needed to do. You're going to go through this yeah. trouble. You, you know, usable, flexible you and know. usable. And I, I think that's, I don't know, just open your mouth. I guess that's my, my suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> open your mouth. I love it. You mean you don't like running extension cords, orange extension cords all over the place? <laughs> Come on. I know you have at least 10 rolls of duct tape under your desk. Um, Absolutely. No, you know what? Um, we're not going to say, but we love to daisy chain surge protectors. Ooh, I hope the NASA fire marshal isn't yeah. listening. No, no, we're kidding. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, you know, part of my job is to make sure we're not we're not doing those things. And um, yeah, I I do have a boss, Carol Provion, my director, was very supportive. And you know, if I if I approach her, hey, this is an issue, whether it's safety or not, I I get. I always get support and, you know, no complaints. Yeah, actually, you know, just to add, I mean, from the technical, you know, side too, I mean, like, yeah, Carol, Carol is great, like, you know, um, in trusting us, you know, like with, uh, uh, and also the board, you know, like they know that we're not, like, we're not trying to rip people off. Like we actually do homework. We try to find, you know, um, the best type of deal for the money, you know, um, and, you know, because you salesmen are tough <laughs> yeah Rocco deals with a ton of them I mean but like 
you know, I have, I have, but it's, it's just good when you have that support, you know, like you have to trust and support, you know, to bring, uh, you know, something to the director and, you know, they, they trust you and you go, you know, you can go ahead and get it done, you know, mm-hmm. open your mouth, open your that's, mouth. that's the, the tip. Just, just be kind about it and, you know, think about it before you speak, but you know, that's it. Yeah. So switching gears away from renovation for just a second, Rocco. Um, I know we talked about the changes that have happened in the time since you were a fresh-faced librarian until now. Um, can you think back, what do you think was the biggest tech change that has happened in library land from the time you were a fresh-faced um, trainee until now? Is it the internet? Is it uh, the Library of Things? Is it the makerspace stuff? Is it um, just the introduction of computers? What was the, the big tech thing that for you was the game changer? It's very simple, easy question. Um, it was the World Wide Web uh, invented by Al Gore. I, I mean, Tim Berners-Lee. <laughs> um, yeah, I was there for that, too. I lived through it um, in the library. Uh, I have a cot in the back. I, I don't actually read. No. Uh, I was going to say, you didn't install a Murphy bed with the new renovations? Yeah. It's it's definitely the World Wide Web. I remember when we had dial-up and the ISDN line, we, we were using uh, Dialog and... Uh, oh, that hurts. Archie and Veronica. Uh, oh. I'm... I'm having flashbacks. Don't even say something like gopher. Oh, did I lose you again? Big. Oh, big yeah. one. And obviously, search engines uh, about the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, totally thereafter. Yeah, at the school also. You know, back then, it was definitely the, the, you know, the web. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because it changed not only, not only how the library does business, but how... It changed everything about the library. I mean, Absolutely. think about the, the 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 stacks and stacks of the reference collection that are now gone. Encyclopedias that are just, you know, my kids don't even know what an encyclopedia is. You know, um, just in terms of how the library does business with regard to ebooks and maybe makerspace stuff and and the collaborative end of it with doing something like this where we're talking to each other over an internet connection. Yeah, you know, yeah, it really was the game changer. Yep, that's that's the one. So, Joe, we yeah, know, yeah, <laughs> we know how much <laughs> we love new toys. We all love toys, right? Oh boy! But East Meadow created something that always gets our attention, and it's not just because it, not just because it has a girl's name, but it's the Lisa system. Tell us what it I is, it. your inspiration behind it, and what you use it at the library for, and. How the heck did you come up with this thing? Um, hold, well, hold, hold on a second, Joe. I'm just going to cut you off for a second. She's right here now. I'm just going to fire her up one second. Hold on. Um, Don't tell me you have to pull a, a, a pull string. Hold on. I'm going to flip the switch. <laughs> get the squirrels running. No. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I got to get this work. Welcome to Delisa. Nice. Library information. Stand alone apparatus. All right. She's powered up. Go ahead, Joe. Nice. Yeah, so basically, um, the the Lisa is a rolling all-in-one solution for pretty much every, you know, every, like, department in the library. Reference, CERC, 
even term, even uh, technical service. Um, it's it's got it's a hospital. It's it's like a, a great you know um, hospital grade hospital grade cart, computer cart. Yeah, computer cart that has a um, you know uh, a battery in the bottom of it that can be plugged in you know overnight, and it gives about I think it give, it gives about like unplugged. It'll probably last a good maybe like six six hours you know around there. Um, it has a laptop, Windows 10, you know, with uh, Wi-Fi. Uh, it has an RFID pad, a barcode scanner, and even a receipt printer. Um, and you know, it, it's been it's been awesome. It, you know, like we we you know you can you can take that thing pretty much anywhere. You know, and and you can do like I said, pretty much every facet that you need to do uh, of the job. You know, mobile. Like, uh, you know, roaming around, you know. Um, so I, I like the way you said roaming and not roving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> roving seems to be yeah. the one, one of the one of the words you just can't say to librarians. We we actually took the Lisa over to our system, the Nassau Library system. Uh, at one point in the in the renovation, we had to. Um, leave the building we had to close to the public and the staff had to leave because of an abatement we had to get rid of some asbestos floor tiles so no one could be in the building so we sent staff over to the system in their uh ballroom as they call it and we brought the lisa with us because she's so versatile and um she was uh checking in checking out uh uh, tagging even, I yeah. think. You yeah, know, uh, tagging. RFID tagging material. She, uh, she's a jack of all trades. Uh, I I did, uh, you know, folks are going to wonder how much does did that getup cost us? I think uh, it's now, we've had her for a number of years now. So I'm, I'm thinking somewhere between $3,500 and $4,000 for the whole getup, everything. Yeah, which, um, you know, which sounds, it's it definitely sounds like a lot of money. Um, but, you know, we were able to update the, um, laptop that we used. Uh, you know, we just threw a SSD in there. We put some more RAM in yeah, there. Yeah, you breathe. It's amazing yeah. what an SSD, a solid state disk hard drive. Uh, and some more RAM, yeah. You know, an additional RAM if you can do it. Uh, it, it's amazing the transformation. Uh, I turned my mid-2010 MacBook Pro at home, uh, into a, a much faster responsive machine just by maxing out the RAM and uh, dropping in an SSD, which I did myself, which was, uh, can you pat me on the back, Joe, please? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, now, the one thing we, we, we forgot to say about the Lisa, um, which, you know, I think is groundbreaking, it runs Sierra Wireless. <laughs> yeah, okay. He's being facetious. <laughs> I hope so, because I was going to say, what's the secret sauce in that? <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> no, we, we, it's it's working beautifully. Yeah, it, it works great. It uh, works great. One thing I will say um, with the batteries, you I had actually had an option to choose between lithium lithium ion batteries or uh, sealed lead acid batteries SLA. Mm -hmm. I went with the more expensive option, lithium ion, because those of you that have to support UPSs, you know that after three three or four years, you really should be replacing those SLA batteries. Uh, I didn't want to worry about that with the Lisa, but it did cost a little extra. 
we could have saved some money if we went the um, you know the lead acid route, but um, in the end, uh, yeah, for as long as we had her, nicely. you know, I mean, it's it, it's definitely it, it's been worth it. You yeah, know? I mean, like it, 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 she's she's like well worth her waiting. Initially, we used her for uh, roving reference, um, uh, but. Yeah, yeah, we continue. We've been doing it now for a while, but uh, she's she's like I said, jack of all trades. We use her everywhere. That really is kind of cool. So it, the librarian would be on the floor with the Lisa, so people don't have to go to the circulation desk. How does that work? Yeah, there's a keyboard platform integrated into the cart, and, uh, and so a we have a wireless keyboard and mouse besides the barcode scanner, the RFID right. workstation. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, we also give them a portable cordless phone. Yeah, they that take cordless phone with them, so they could they could uh, park themselves wherever they want. Whether they want to be close to the circulation desk, where most of the que the real questions get asked, yeah, or you know somewhere uh, you know, hiding in the stacks. Oh, you could yeah, if you want, you want to roll with Lisa and just you know hide in the corner and not browse seen, the web. Uh, yeah, sure, they... that really is cool. It kind of takes circulation to another whole level. One thing that that I do when I'm at the reference desk now. Um, I have an iPad that's the library's iPad, and what I do is I bring the catalog up on it so I can do that uh, reference interview uh, with the patron who's looking for a book or doing whatever. And oh, wait. Are you Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, we lost you for a sec, Chris. Oh, okay. Um, what I was saying was with the iPad at the desk, um, we get to the catalog on there. Um, it's the WebOpack, so it's not like you're going into Sierra or anything fancy like that. But you're able to, you know, do that search. And if, you, if you're looking for a material in the building, you can bring that iPad with you. So if for some reason you find something's not on the shelf, you can continue doing that searching and continuing that patron interview while you're in the stacks instead of saying, oh, come back to the desk. I have to look it up again. And you go some, someplace else and it's not there and you have to go back to the desk again. The whole idea is that to be mobile in this day and age is a no-brainer. You know, you continue that reference interview. You continue doing those searches and looking for materials. And maybe if we all, we all know what the cooking section looks like. So if you send them a 641 and, you know, you have three whole stacks of cooking books, you could be there forever. So having that little mobile piece to it allows you to say, okay, you're looking for chocolate chip cookies. Now you're looking for sugar cookies. Now you're looking to bake bread. They're going to be in all different sections within that, that one 641 uh, area. So, Continuing that interview and continuing to cultivate and, and get more information out of the patron to see what they really want really really makes a difference. And it's a lot easier to do if you have something in your hand that's mobile as opposed mm. to having to go back to being tethered to that big piece of oak. You know, that's um, it's becoming, I could foresee in the next 10, 15 years, there isn't even a, a desk anymore. It's just people standing kind of like when you go to the Apple store. You know, they have an iPad and they help you there and they come to you. It, it's interesting. Uh, I look, I visited the Darien Library after it first uh, opened. And that was back then. And I'm trying to think how long ago it was. Uh, it's at least 10 years ago um, in Connecticut. Um, their reference uh, service model, they, they actually did away with the circulation desk uh, over 10 years ago. They, there's just this one like a uh, narrow, you know, uh, podium, really. Um, and uh, 
the reference desk, they were trying to emulate what exactly what you just described uh, at the um, talk about thinking out at of the, the box. Apple store. Mm-hmm. Now, also to relate to what you said uh, just before about the iPad and the stacks, uh, you bring me to something that I, f- I I think we should mention, and this came about because Joe and I were brainstorming. Okay, so we've got to move reference YA um, and uh, certain other uh, staff up to five times, uh, five different times. What can we do technology-wise to ease that burden? So let me set up also the fact that East Meadow Public Library, we lease all of our computer equipment. So um, we were about to come do... I broke the building up into thirds, so I leased one third for four years, then I did another third, and then another third. So they wouldn't all come due at the same time. So I, at, at any given year, any given year, I'd have to replace up to one third of the computers in the building. So we came up with a solution, and that solution was, okay, let's return these desktops that belong to to YA reference, whatever, because they're off lease, but let's replace them with what? We we came to uh, this, the Microsoft Surface Go, mm. which is um, a tablet um, that- That runs full Windows 10. It runs Windows 10. It's, it's, you're probably thinking of the Microsoft Surface Pro, which is a, a larger, more powerful machine. We're talking about the Go's, which are less expensive. I think they were around three eighty or something like that a piece. That's not yeah. bad. Um, you know, but we added uh, a keyboard to that. We we dock. we got the Microsoft Surface dock for each one of them. So. At our reference desk right now is a monitor, keyboard, mouse, and a Microsoft Surface Dock. So, you know, the full-timers got their own Surface Go, and then the part-timers share, you know, we have three in our our reference department, three Surface Goes. You're working part-time, you come in, you go to a cabinet, you grab a Surface Go, you dock it, boom, you're good to go. You can take it off the dock, go into the stacks, do your thing. Um, so we we did we, we did this out of necessity because much easier moving, you know, monitor, keyboard, and mouse, and, and a dock five times than than a desktop uh, computer, and uh, it, it yeah. afforded us the added flexibility of of ro- roaming around the building with them. Now, one of the things that Joe and I, I'm going to pat your, your, you on the back, Joe. You pat me on the back, Joe. Sure. <laughs> One of the things that we pulled off with these Surface Goes that I'd like to share, which, which fascinated me because I didn't think we'd, we'd actually, it would actually work. We, that period I mentioned earlier, we had to close for the abatement. Um, we wondered, you know, what are we doing for all those, for those folks that have holds triggering, you know, the, to pick up their reserves? What are we going to do? We're closed. We uh, we spoke to the town of Hempstead, our local township, and uh, they they let us use a local park. Uh, it's called the uh, Edward J. Spino Memorial Park. It has kind of like a, a clubhouse, or they call it their meeting room. 
So we're in the meeting room. We gave our staff there uh, a Surface Go tablet with a keyboard. Uh, we found a Bluetooth uh, receipt printer. And, a, and also a hand scanner. Uh, and a Bluetooth barcode scanner. Right. Along with a T-Mobile hotspot. Yes, yes. And because our ILS, our automated system, whatever you want, integrated library system, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Move to the cloud. Uh, you know, spawn of the devil, whatever name you want to come up for. <laughs> Our, our ILS uh, recently had been um, gone from, went to a hosted, yeah, hosted, hosted not... ILS in the AWS cloud, the the Amazon Web Services cloud. So, right. vendor was was taking care of it for us. But the benefit of that was that we could access the ILS from different IPs from uh, you know different networks a network other than the one that was in the library as long as we whitelisted a fixed IP which which was doable I, I, I couldn't believe it you can get a cellular hotspot with a fixed IP you pay a, a small fee a month and yes Sierra loaded over the mobile hotspot we were circulating at wow. a local park all of our holds and it went beautifully yeah and this was over the summer in June uh July uh, recently um just you know it just you uh kind of what the a team I love it when a plan comes together yeah <laughs> yeah that's, that's what happened there yeah and just you know just a little background I mean so like you know I forgot to mention before um coming into library land when I got to the library here Rocco since he was doing a lot of the tech um, here, um, you know, we have become like a really, really good team. Um, you know, so we kind of like, you know, so when you when you hear like the tech, you know, coming from both of us, both sides, we, we actually do work together, um, you know, for most of the uh, the tech stuff here, um, you know, which is great because like, you know, we we butt heads, you know, we uh, we use we, a we, lot of cable ties. Yeah, we try to we try to laugh, too. You know, yeah, that's, we, that's yeah, important definitely. Too. We work together well as a team. You Laughter know, so, I mean, is that's... definitely good medicine, uh, you know, and I'm all for, uh, well, we won't go there. But, uh, yeah, we, we, it's, uh, I, so I'm Joe's backup in the library when he's away on vacation or out. So whenever there's an IT issue uh, in the in the building and Joe's not here, it's it's my it's my responsibility, so it's important. We're, we're constantly in communication, uh, you know, so I know what he's doing and he knows what I'm doing from an IT perspective so that we're all on the same page and we can get things done, period. Well, how cool is it that, that Joe, you have a boss that gets it? Oh, yes, absolutely. You don't have to yes. – and whenever I, I think of something like this, it's like when um, – Mark Zuckerberg was testifying before Congress, and he had to explain to Congress how the Internet worked so they could understand what, you know, the silly questions that they were so passionate about. Uh, it's, it's so nice when you have a boss where you can go in and go, you know what, I think we need to go VOIP when it comes to phones. And, yes, I'm foreshadowing because I think it's going to be a better, you know, it'll be better for our infrastructure. And, you know, you go through the whole list of things, and the person who you're talking to gets it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that that's... That's another thing that, you know, definitely um, I'm very, you know, grateful and thankful for, um, you know, like working at East Meadow. Um, but, yeah, because it's, you know, we'll take, I'll go to Rocco, 
you know, and then we'll talk about it, and then we take it to our director, um, and, you know, we were able to explain it to her, you know, exactly what we want to try to do here, you know, for the kids. I mean, uh, for the uh, patrons, for everybody. <laughs> right. Well, it's funny. Every time I see the two of you together, it just reminds me of, like, a buddy movie, the, w- <laughs> the way you guys are. We, we're, we, we're, we're the same age, so, yeah. we, you know, we... We, we, you know, it's funny. It all start. I think it all started um, before I had to blow the video VGA cable um, <laughs> in the interview. Um, Rocco had a Half-Life game, video game poster on, on his wall in his oh, office. That's funny. And you know what? That was one of my favorite games. You know, we were, we were PC gamers. And I mean, it actually, right from that point, I mean, you know, I kind of just knew that, you know, this is the guy I'm probably going to be with, you know, for most of the rest of my life, you know. Um, not in a, you know, not in like a... Your work life. Yeah, my work life. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And it, isn't it nice to know that, wait, I don't have to change jobs again. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, especially with, with all the people that... No, it's true. Like, you know, with all the people that are, you know, out of work today. I mean, that's why I always constantly say, you know, like, I'm very grateful... Uh, you know, and, and blessed, you know, for the opportunity, you know, to because it's true. Um, it could always be worse, you know. Definitely. Especially in the IT world. Yeah. Yeah. So since we foreshadowed it, let's talk yes. about it. You recently have been dealing with the setup of a VOIP system at, in, in the renovation. Tell us about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, wow. You, yeah. Do you want me to just yeah, you had, summarize it in a nutshell? Yeah. Okay, so our phone system, first of all, um, we acquired it in 2013, so it's uh, six years old. And I, you know, I, I wanted at the time to consider a voice over IP system, but it did, didn't make sense really... Because how often do you move staff around in the library? I mean, they don't they don't work from home. They you know they're not constantly. You don't have that high of a turnover. Um, so to me, yeah, it's nice to have all those fancy features, but it just it was more expensive. Uh, right. Well, it could get more expensive. I think the biggest thing too back then, though, Rocco, also was the um, the bandwidth. We didn't have really a. Oh, that's right. You oh, know, yeah. I guess. I- Network-wise. Oh, that's a good point, Joe. Good point. I completely forgot about that. You have to have, you know, I mean, the, you, you got to have a good pipe uh, to to host voice over, you know, the same connection you're doing all the other stuff on. Yeah. You know? um, so our phone system was, I happened to buy a hybrid VoIP system, though. So the system I got 2013 off the state contract was hybrid VoIP, but I didn't. I didn't use any IP uh, phones. I just used their digital, you know, three-wire phones. Um, so uh, fast forward from 2013 to 2019, I start uh, buying IP phones yeah, especially for, for, the for this existing system. And I have to say... Chris, it, uh, it worked out. It's a dream because yeah. I've had to, at one given point in time during the re- renovation, I had staff at the system and I had uh, staff 
uh, at a uh, school district facility three miles from the from the library. So I had approximately 19 staff at the school district and another 12 or so, 13 or so at system. And it's like, okay, we're going to operate a library out of those two spaces. And yeah, it's and like, and with, if I didn't have the IP phones, I honestly, it would have been, it would have been a disaster because phones are so important even today. Yeah. Um, that's the cool thing about those IP phones. You know, you, you put your extension in and you can take that any way you go. <laughs> yeah. We had one, you know, a couple of little hiccups at the school district. You know, we were on their network. They were kind enough to allow us to use it. Um, they, because the, they were using a form of load balancing on their network, um, we would uh, start, initiate a call and... Um, we wouldn't get any, we wouldn't hear the other end. We, we, would, we would have access to the phone system, menu tree or whatever, the internal phone system, but the person on the other end, we couldn't hear them, they couldn't hear us, and we found out, oh, we had, the school district had to turn off that load balancing for us because some of it was going over one circuit and some of it was going over another circuit. didn't work. And then the other thing was the the cable modem that was um, the phone system was connected to uh, the VoIP traffic was going over uh, at the library end. Um, I don't know what happened. It just uh, was like flaked out. Yeah. We, we had to restart it uh, and all it took was a power cycle, but it took us a while to realize we needed to do that. So now what I do is, because the phone system is at the library, I'm stationed at the school district three miles away. Joe is at the library. If he's not there, I put on put one of these Wi-Fi electrical outlets uh, on the. Uh, I plug the cable modem uh, into that. So on my phone is an app, and I can I can reset that cable modem at will from wherever I am, which you know. I haven't had to do since we last rebooted the knock on wood. Yeah. Everything works. But it's voice over IP is a beautiful thing. Now, if you're thinking of doing this, there's hosted VoIP where you don't have to have any hardware that you manage. You can use uh, like a cloud-based uh, system. Um I can't recommend any because I'm not using any, but I know uh, there have been questions floating about in on the CATS list, which is our the Suffolk listserv, uh, or I shouldn't use the term listserv, the Suffolk discussion list uh, for um, all things technology and technical services, right? Is that, mm -hmm. Did I get that right? Yeah, yes, it's CATS. the CATS TIF groups for Nassau and Suffolk County uh, tech nerds. Okay. And so I know that folks have been talking about it, but uh, I don't have too many recommendations. Yeah, it's always it's always tricky too because sometimes you know you have to take a leap with a company to to, to get the the phones and everything. But it sounds like you had that built in originally, so you can yeah, make the switch. Yeah, it was just it was just a chance. You know, we got we bought a system that 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 had that had IP capabilities. That's great because you know when you. When you're doing that switch from copper to, to VOIP, you know, you have to think about hardware. You have to think about, you know, the type of phone you're going to get. Is everybody going to understand how this works? 
you know, rudimentarily to the point where they know how to make a phone call. Um, what happens if the internet goes down? All that fun stuff. Yeah. Yep. So, and isn't it amazing that I mean, think back to when, like, let's think back to the '90s when the ISDN would go down every every uh, day or so. Could you imagine running a, a VoIP phone system through ISDN? I know that it doesn't have enough bandwidth, but just think in terms of connectivity, what a nightmare that would be. Yep. No. Uh, Craziness. No. I, some of the. I, I mean, I wouldn't say that our jobs in IT have gotten easier, but uh, they've definitely gotten a bit less stressful. Would you say it's not as? Yeah, definitely due to the you know the technology leaps. Um, you know, I, I would definitely. You, you can you can do more with less. That's yeah. what that's the yeah. big change. You can do a lot more with less than you could back in the day. That's for sure. I always imagine, like, um, I don't know if you remember back to the old days when we used to watch the Little Rascals when we were kids, and they had that band that they played, and the poor guy in the control room. Every time they kept hitting certain things, it would blow the blow circuits in the control room. <laughs> I always think like that's that's what it's like back in the server room, you know, when something bad is happening. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, but it seems to be, especially over the last five or six years, everything has gotten so much more stable. So it, it it is nice to know that we have reliable, um, more service than not internet versus, <laughs> versus, dialing up on a modem and somebody calls you and call waiting and it knocks you offline. Right. <laughs> wow. And just just to just to finish up on the VoIP uh, topic. Um, Joe's uh, mentor uh, that he mentioned earlier, um, where he used to work at the school, he 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 uh, clued us into um, you can actually do uh, a phone a VoIP system if you want to host it. Uh, you want to have control over it. In other words, you want it in your in your server cabinet or your rack, and you want to you want to be able to manage it top top to bottom. You can you can get uh, Linux based. Um, there's open source software that uh, open source PBX software, so to speak. And um, you know you you can do VoIP on the cheap. It is yeah. it is possible, and 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 it's it's pretty close to enterprise grade. Meaning, you know, it's good stuff. It's reliable. It'll work. Yeah, and you'll I mean, be able to if you'll be able to do whatever you want to do. Yeah, as long as you have a you know a good reliable you know, network connection, you know, like in, in, in the place, you can definitely have that, have that done. And if you, you're interested in lurking further, I would just uh, Google asterisk. Uh, it's an open source uh, piece of software that that's being incorporated into appliances of all kinds. And, uh, and, and it, like I said, it's VoIP on the cheap. Very good to know. That's that's if you want to endeavor to do something that that big. I don't know that I'd want to. You could you could you could get an asterisk based system and have somebody else do it for you. I mean, there are plenty of companies out there where you you the system won't cost you as much as as like a brand name, you know, that everybody you know, a household name system. Mhm. Uh you could you there are service companies out there that will install it manage it the whole nine yards but it's still not cloud-based it's you have access to it you can manage it with support from this this other company that specializes in that and that's always the biggest thing to having the support 
So, and, and, and you know, a library of our size where we, we have 46 extensions, uh, and in the renovation, I'm looking at going to 60 something. Mm-hmm. Oh, but definitely, you know, you know, I, I couldn't possibly couldn't possibly do that. I don't think on our own. I we, we'd have to we'd have to get experts in there. Uh, manage it day to day. Yes. Capable, but not to maintain it. No. And install it. Yeah. It's, it's a little more than uh, than I'd want to do. That's for sure. So um, I wanted to say thanks for taking time out uh, to join us today uh, via Google Hangouts. Um, it's a shame it's going away, isn't it? Yeah, they, it's, they, it's, they gave it an extension, but it's still going away. Yeah, that's what I heard. It's going to be the just duo now. Yeah, it's, it's going to be duo, duo, which which is pretty decent. But uh, um, we've used it a couple times. It's I just think they're just rebranding it. To be honest with you. Yeah. 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 So we know you guys are busy, and I'm surprised we don't hear any jack cameras going off in the background. <laughs> <laughs> We found a corner that's remote. <laughs> so, but we know how busy you guys are, and I appreciate that you took the time to, to speak to us today. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to be asking uh, you guys the, our top 10 library questions, or what, like, what we like to call the 032 list, which is the Dewey number for top 10 lists. And then, like we always do, we give credit where credit is due to Melanie Cardone from the Longwood Public Library for naming the list of questions. So we'll be back in just a moment. Back with Rocco Cassano and Joe Perito, who will be our next victims in the 032 list. So the questions in our list are inspired by Literary Hub, an informable and I can't even speak today, an informative library-related news site that has stories and interviews related to Libraryland. You can see their work by visiting lithub.com. Visit their site because they educate and inform Libraryland on great topics from all over the world. Thank you, Literary Hub. So we really enjoy asking these list of questions because of the answers that we get, and it's the same list of questions we ask everybody. So you guys ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so yep. what what did you guys want to be when you were kids? Go ahead, Ron. Uh, that one, I honestly don't remember, but I, you know, racking my brain, I'll have to say either a fireman or an architect, one or the other. Joe? For me, um, it's so weird. Like, I... Well, at 18, I did say that I wanted to become a computer repairman. I wanted to carry, like, a big black suitcase, you know, go around with all the tools. Um, but, you know, probably from the from the early days, I would say, like, maybe a radio host, you know, a voiceover, video game developer. That's one we haven't had before. That's pretty good. Okay, what's your first memory of a library, and who brought you to the library for the first time? Wow, I was born in Brooklyn, Park Slope, um, so my first experience was an incredible one. Uh, the Park Slope branch of Brooklyn Public Library, um, it's a Carnegie Building, uh, the architecture inside and out was just absolutely beautiful, and uh, it would have been my mom. 
Joe? Uh, let's see. I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna say school library. You know, school libraries. Like when I was, you know, going to school. Um, but I did go to the Elmont Public Library. Uh, I am from originally from Elmont. Um, so you know, I would go in there and. Uh, so who brought you there the first time? Um, I yeah, I think it. I think it would be my mom. I had gone in there. You know, after school, do some homework. Get scared by the reference librarian. <laughs> oh, Chris, I just want to add, uh, I, uh, my parents had a summer cottage in Massac Beach uh, on Long Island, and uh, I would, my BMX bike would take me to the Mastics Mariches. Uh, Shirley Community <laughs> Library. Library. So wow. mom and the BMX bike. Nice. Wow. A little shout out to Mastics. Look at that. Yeah, great, great library. <laughs> okay, so, Rocco, I think I know the answer to this question for you, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. When did you decide to work in a library? And if it wasn't your first career path, because for many librarians and staff, uh, it's a second career, what was your first career path? It technically was my first career path um, because I started in the second grade uh, at East Meadow. Uh, no. <laughs> I, was, I think I was a sophomore or junior in high school. I don't remember, but um, I was 15. Well, what would that make me? Um, I did, believe it or not, have a stint as a deli clerk at the same time, and my father had a landscaping business. So I didn't want to be either of those things. So hmm. that's, uh, that's what made me decide that, uh, you know, I could do – the, the geek stuff, the computer stuff at the library and not have to push a lawnmower or slice cold cuts. So. Yeah, for me, I, it, you know, it's weird. I, I, I really didn't think I would end up in a library, um, but I did work years ago as a part-time page. So maybe I was like foreshadowing my life, you know, way back then. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's just, it's just great. Um, I, I was doing technology, computers, and, you know, the great thing about doing technology is, you know, there's, there's computers everywhere. So you can go, you can go to totally different facets of, of, of work. Okay, so who was your favorite fictional librarian? That's an easy one for me. Uh, who, who here watched Party Girl? It came out in 1995. Parker Posey, she played a librarian. Mary, New York Public Library. That's right. He, I'm sure that one gets... Yeah, we get that from time to time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's a, it's a, it's a toss-up between Barbara Gordon, that girl. Thank you. Um, That's my favorite. Right? Or Evelyn O'Connell from The Mummy. We get that one a lot, too. Yeah. We don't get, believe it or not, we don't get Batgirl that often. Really, Barbara yeah. Gordon? Yeah, how could you not? I mean, she just—you know—when she's not Batgirl, she looks like a, a lab, you know, she just look has that librarian right, look. Stereotypical. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, what would you be doing if you were not working in a library? Easier question for Joe, I think. Yeah, I, like I was saying before, I probably would want to do, uh, you know, voice work, voiceover, you know, video game development, even some acting, potentially some comedy. Um, people say I'm funny, but they could just be, it may just be the way I look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I would likely be pushing a lawnmower. No. I, my, my, I would probably be doing something in tech, but I, I couldn't tell you what. Okay, so what is your favorite section of the library? And this originally was supposed to be like fiction, nonfiction, horror, but now since libraries are doing so many different things, um, it could be anything. It could be makerspace. It could be the study room. It could be the break room if you want. Yeah, I'm going to take this first. Mine's the cafe. Um, I'm a big fan of coffee. <laughs> um, I love coffee. Um, you know, yeah, so, I mean, that that would be it. You know, it's just... I like when we did ours, even though I wish it could be a thousand times better, but mine isn't built yet. I'm waiting for it. Uh, we're getting a, a brand new auditorium style space. And, uh, uh, yeah. We have, you know, our community room right now is in the basement, no windows. It doubles as our program space, as our art gallery space. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I can't, can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, I think I, I would second that with you yeah. too. Yeah, that auditorium. It's not here yet, but that's that's going to be my favorite. So this next question, I don't know if it really even applies to you because it's kind of happening. But if you had infinite space and budget, I know you don't have any infinite budget or the infinite space, but what would you add to your library? Well, you're already kind of doing that now, right? Did I lose you guys? Guys, can you hear me? If you can hear me. Oh, oh. Okay, I think I got you back now. I lost you there for about 15 seconds. Okay, so... Uh, Is this the, uh, the number seven? Yes. If you had infinite space and budget. Um, again, I'm... Uh, as an administrator, I would say <laughs> a bigger parking lot, <laughs> but... but uh, that parking lot would have uh, electrical charging stations that also had solar panels somewhere in the mix. So that's my answer. Yeah, I'm going to say a real cafe with food. Because, um, again, coffee, you know, food. Um, it just, it, it, I think it would be great. Like a nice together. place. Yeah. yeah, it goes together, but also a nice place to sit. But the other one, the gamer side of me, would be a full-blown VR arcade. Uh, like type attraction so like you know definitely like an arcade but like you know those vr attractions that you see i think would be wild you could put people through an you know all oh, experiences you know yeah and like just different worlds you know okay so what do you love about your library hmm. um well you know what I, i'm gonna go first um I got to say, the one thing about the East Meadow Public Library that I really love is the way that they designed the building. Um, it, to me, you know, and, and me and Rocco, we've talked about this. It has like a timeless look to it. Um, you know, they, they've done small add-ons, and I know that we're going to, you know, be renovating it now. Yeah. But it just has this like, it, 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 it looks like it stands the, 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 the test it of time. It withstood, yeah. It withstood it, yeah, you know? Yeah. And that's one thing that I really, I really think I love about it. You know, it's it's an it's an open floor plan, really. I mean, and then that's very flexible. You can do all kinds of things, you know. Uh, but I, uh, that's a good one. Uh, I, I I racked my brain on this one, and uh, I I'd have to say just not necessarily the the, 
a space or, or, or the way the library is built or designed, but um, the fact that we, we, we can do um, some, some we, we can play around, we can experiment, we can fail, we can, we can do different things. Uh, I love to troubleshoot, I love to problem solve. Yeah, that that's a regular occurrence here, you know, when it comes to not just tech, but, you know, facility stuff or whatever. But uh, it makes the, the job uh, interesting. And, and one day is not necessarily the same as the next. So. OK, so here's one of my favorite questions. What's the weirdest, not necessarily worst things that has happened in your library? Um, well, I'm going to let Rocco take this, but I'm going to give him I'm going to give him the bone. Um, tell him the book thief story. Oh, That's wow. got to be the weirdest thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was a guy that was coming in uh, stealing uh, reference material a number of years ago. You know, like Jane's uh, fighting ships. They're like three hundred dollars a piece you know he would come in make make up this idea at home that was just you know fake guys i think i lost you again yeah I'm, i don't have you you know other libraries as well yeah, and then he would put them up on ebay with long story short our librarians tracked them down on through ebay and uh you know, we got the police involved, and long story short, we he we know at we know who he is. We kind of know what he looks like because of uh, he put stuff on the web, photos of himself too. Um, and um, lo and behold, he's at our library one day, and we we notice, and he's asking for, I forget what something from our closed stacks again in reference and. Um, I follow him out, and he, he has a cab waiting, which was bizarre. Um, and Rocco basically jumped in front of the cab yeah, to save a book. Yeah, I was admonished. He got it. I was admonished by my boss and my board, even like, don't ever do that again. I'm but like, we got him. We got him. We, he was arrested. He paid restitution. That was. But that's not the weirdest thing. Yeah. Happened. No, I mean no, that's. I, I have the weirdest thing. You ready, Chris? Sit I'm ready. Go for it. Sitting. All right. So in my 32 years, I can spend hours on this, but I racked my brain again, and this is the one I came up with. Uh, we'll call it the smoking, the smoking trunk, the smoking trunk. You weren't here. This is before Joe was hired. The smoking trunk. Our uh, circulation staff are told by a patron that there's smoke coming out of a car out of the trunk of a car. The trunk is closed. Okay, that's not good because what's below a trunk in the back of a car? The gas tank. So we immediately call the fire department, which happens to be right next door. Uh, they show up and they pry open the trunk uh, and it was full of newspapers, folded up newspapers that had caught fire. But, you know, the, the interesting part is, number one, how the fire started. But the more interesting thing was what was mixed in among the newspapers. It was women's lingerie. Turns out the car, car belonged to an older gentleman 
who came to the library to read our newspaper because, I quote, my newspaper got wet this morning in the rain. I put it in the microwave. It was too hot to read, so I threw it in the trunk and came to the library to read your newspaper. There it is. You have it. The wow. weirdest story ever at the East <laughs> Metal Public Library. That's crazy. Get that one beat, Joe, or no? Um, uh, uh, in my, in my, let's see, in the, in the 12 years that I've been here, um, no, I think that's, that, that's pretty good. That takes the cake. That's a good one. Okay, so who's your favorite regular patron? Do you guys have regular patrons? Like, like the regular, the one you like to see? Yeah, we do. Um, mine is, uh, we, we named him Paulie Two Scoops. Um, his name's, you know, his name's Paul, Paul Daniels. Um, and uh, he owns a Hershey's ice cream. So we just joined them together, you know. Paulie Two Scoops comes in. Yeah, we gave him a mafioso name. Yeah, he's a nice guy. <laughs> he's really, but he's not. He's no. He's far from. Yeah, know, he's not. Yeah, he's no. He's far from. No mobster. You know, he owns just, an ice cream shop. That's why we, you know, yeah. He, he's a. Uh, uh, he's a. He's a nice guy, but he's yeah. not my favorite. My favorite is well, no offense, Paul, uh, but my favorite is. This older gentleman, Morris Eisenman. Oh, Morris. yeah. Yeah. Sweetheart Definitely. of a guy. Retired postal worker. I'm glad you loves, brought him up. Absolutely. Loves to laugh. Um, you know, we help him out with his, his tech stuff at Get Your Geek On. Just wonderful guy. Wonderful guy. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely Morris. Yep. That's interesting. You guys agreed on it, too. That's pretty cool. But like I said, you guys are a buddy movie, so I'm not surprised. So, our last question. What are people without library cards missing out on? There's a lot. There's so much. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a, an Anglophile. So I love British TV. Uh, the library, East Meadow Library, just recently subscribed to uh, Acorn TV through recorded books. Um, so, I mean, there's one of my favorite shows of all time on that, uh, Doc Martin, you know. Yeah. You, I, you, could, you could stream that for free with your library card. Um, I could go on and on, but that, that's one that recently stood out for me. I, I should mention that we are subscribers of uh, lynda.com for our patrons, so that's another big one. I yeah. Mean, nowadays, people are... You know, looking, you know, forced to change careers, and um, it's it's an excellent resource that you can access from home or at the library. Yeah, I mean, you know, like when we started the Get You Geek On thing, I mean, that's that's been tremendous. You know, in the past three well, years, but we don't require a library. Oh no, no, we don't. Yeah, that's true. I, I think I think just some, you know, well, we don't even require for the programs though, right? Some no. programs. No. So you're talking about like within, yeah. What are they missing out if they don't have their library card? If they don't have a library card, it's, you know, sort of. I, I think they're missing out on a lot. That's what I'll say. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Well, that was easy. <laughs> so I got to say, thanks, guys. Thanks for answering uh, our questions and being such good sports about it. You had some really unique questions, answers to our questions that we didn't, didn't usually hear. Um, so yeah, 
And this has yeah, been great. Thanks. Thanks, thanks for coming on the podcast. This has been great. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, I appreciate uh, it. It's a, it's where it's an honor to have uh, to have been asked. And uh, I think this is my first podcast. Is it? You guys uh, need to make a podcast. I'll tell you right can now. You, can you tell me what is a podcast? No. <laughs> so, you guys have any plugs? Anything you want to share with the world? Um. Hmm. What about the podcast that that you guys were talking about earlier? That it came from the radio podcast. Uh, oh yeah, we we're not involved in that. Our programming people are uh, specifically yeah. uh, Kelly Gordon, our uh, our graphics art graphic artist uh, on staff. Um, so I actually I actually quizzed them on it today just to to get a better understanding of it. But uh, no, we're we're not that involved in that. I mean, you know, we'll, I guess we'll just you know we'll plug get you geek on. Um, like I, I, this is the third time I've mentioned it, but I mean, you know, it's, it's it in today's day and age, you know, especially the way libraries are going, um, changing, uh, transforming, um, you know, coming in and just asking for a book is not really going to cut it. Like you, you almost have to be a virtual um, instruction manual, you know. You're right. And, yeah, and and that's how I. That's pretty much how I see it you know, going down the road, you know, so like not even to just say, you know, the, the geek help, but like this, this is going to be ongoing. Like this is not going to stop. It's going to be people's jobs, you know, that they're going to be helping them with along with, you know, like helping them career wise, you know, I think, uh, you know, creating resumes, more, more one-on-one, you know, type of work. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. It's a lot of what we do now. I mean, not that it wasn't before, but now it's more, interpersonal because you're talking about somebody's device and not somebody's idea where you're actually you know you're not leading them to a book so then they can continue the research you're kind of like the destination instead of part of one of the steps along the way especially when it comes to the tech yeah and don't get me wrong you know love books library be around there's always a a, there's always a place for books just uh, absolutely just a little different that's all Mm mm-hmm well, thanks again for coming on, guys. I really appreciate you taking the time. And with all the technical difficulties we had before, thanks for sticking with us. Sure. No problem at all, Thank Chris. You, Chris. Thank you. Okay. So that's all the time that we have for this edition. If you have any questions or comments on our show, visit the Contact Us section of our website, thelibrarypros.com. We will also have links and photos from, from this episode on our site. And don't forget to visit us on Twitter at The Library Pros and on Facebook at facebook.com slash thelibrarypros. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or where are we? Apple Podcasts or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell a friend because word of mouth is how our listenership grows. And special thanks to our post-production engineer and producer, Dean Meyer. And remember, the opinions stated by the library pros and their guests are solely those of Chris and Bob and not of the Emma Clark Library or the Sachem Library. So we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Library Pros Podcast. The Library Pros are brought to you by Pippin Productions and by the Library Pros themselves, Krista Christofaro and Bob Johnson. Special thanks to Sachem Public Library for providing space for this podcast. Until the next turn of the page, I'm your announcer, Carlton Welch.